All right. Now, one other point I need to bring to your attention at five minutes to eight. There will not be a separate program for children. I like children in the congregations when I preach. I have learned over the years that children learn and absorb a lot more than we think. Also, it gives the parents an opportunity to model for the children how to behave in church. Children cannot model for children. So when I say Joshua chapter 5, it ought to be the great pride of a parent to find or assist the child in finding Joshua chapter 5. So it's a great opportunity for parents to associate with their children in the worship experience. All children will be here of all ages. All right. Any visitors here tonight for the first time? Raise your hands. One, two, three, four, five, five, six, six and a half. All right. I thank you for coming. God bless you. And I hope that the words that you hear will bless you tonight. Last night, our subject was a marriage made in heaven. And tonight, our subject is, who was that man on the cross? Who was that man on the cross? Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, I come to you now in the name of Jesus to thank you for this high privilege to declare the words of life and the words of truth. Lord, I ask you in the name of Jesus, my Savior and your Son, that you would put into my mouth the very words you desire that I speak. You would put into my mind the very sequence of thoughts that you would have me express. That everything I say may be the truth from the throne of God. That your listening people may be blessed, edified, and your name glorified. I pray from my heart in Jesus' name. Amen. When the angel appeared to Mary in Luke chapter 1 and to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1, he told both of them that this lady would have a son and that his name should be called Jesus. And that he, of course, in verse 21 of Luke chapter 1, he would save his people from what? Their sins. It is very sad that many Christians today try to interpret the job description of Jesus Christ as saving his people in their sins. But Jesus has no interest in saving you in your sins. He cannot do that. The job description of Jesus Christ as declared by the angel Gabriel under the command of God the Father, Luke 121, and thou shall have a son, she shall have a son, and thou shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. That's actually Matthew 1, 21. Who is Jesus? Who was Jesus? That man hanging on the cross, bleeding, suffering, groaning, crucified according to Roman tradition, naked, hanging on that cross, humiliated, disgraced, belittled. Who was he? One night is not enough to say all that Jesus was. I'll try to tell you a little about this man hanging on that cross. 
in the book of Ephesians, well, let's go to Colossians first, our scripture reading. Our subject is, who was that man on the cross? Colossians chapter 1, and we're using the King James Version. Who wrote Colossians? Paul. Ellen White says that next to Jesus Christ, Paul was the greatest Bible teacher who ever lived. Colossians chapter 1, reading from verse 16. Well, let's read from verse 13. Really make some connection to see that this is Jesus Christ about whom Paul is writing. Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Now verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Now verse 18 helps us to see that this is Jesus Christ, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead. Now this clearly is Jesus Christ of whom Paul is writing. And Paul says in verse 16, for by him. Now creation was at the authority of the Father, but through Jesus Christ. Because Christ is the way, the truth and the life. He is the means by which we come to God. He is the means by which God expresses his will. That's why Jesus is called the Alpha and the Omega. So God the Father always works through Jesus Christ. And so Colossians 1.16 says, For by him were all things created. Now let us see how often we find the expression all things. In Colossians 1.16 and 17. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. This is the remarkable statement of the role of Jesus Christ as the creator of heaven and earth. Focus for a while, a brief while, on the expression, all things. Then Paul gives us some insight into what all things might encompass, which are in heaven, which are on earth. Every living being in heaven, all the angelic hosts, all the principalities and powers, which he mentions in the verse, were created by Jesus Christ. The angel Gabriel, who identified himself in Luke chapter 1 verse 19, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God, when Zechariah said, how will my wife have a child? Because she's past age and I am old. Zechariah said, uh, Gabriel said, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God. This highest of all angels was created by Jesus Christ. Everything in heaven and everything on earth except sin created by Jesus Christ. Visible and invisible. Now it's easy to comprehend the visible 
What invisible things did Jesus Christ create? You may say angels. Yes. But angels are also, can also make themselves visible. Perhaps there's some invisible things that will always remain invisible. We don't know. Whatever they were or whatever they are, they were made by Jesus Christ. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, those four words refer to a variety of angelic beings created by Christ to assist in the administration of the universe and in carrying out the, the requirements and the rules and the orders of God from the throne. Thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. Let's see those used again elsewhere in scripture. As we continue, who was that man on the cross? Let's go to First Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3, we shall read verse 22. Remember, if I speak quickly, make that sign so that I can slow down. First Peter 3 verse 22, who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being subject unto him. Here we have authorities introduced as a new term to go along with thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians 6, let's read verse 12. And I know you're all familiar with that verse. Paul says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Clearly, some of the principalities and powers that Jesus made, they rebelled. And we know, of course, the Bible speaks about that in Revelation 12. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him, Revelation 12, 9. All the angelic beings were made by Jesus Christ. All of the earth was made by Jesus Christ. All the heavenly bodies were made by Jesus Christ. Let's go to Psalm 148. We shall read verses 1, 2, and 5 of Psalm 148 as we continue. Who was that man on the cross? Psalm 148. Reading verses 1, 2, and five. The Bible says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights. Praise ye him all his angels. Praise ye him all his hosts. Verse five. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. Included among those that were created are mentioned in verse two, hosts, angels. The man hanging on that cross, bleeding, suffering, dying, wearing a crown of thorns, pressing through the skin on his head, bringing blood down his brow, that was the same being who said in Genesis 1 verse 3, let there be light, and there was light. Jesus, that man hanging on that cross, was the same divine personality who by his inherent and natural powers of creation brought the heavens and the earth into existence. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Let's take another look at Jesus. Let's go to John chapter 5. Let's read from verse 17. 
John 5, reading from verse 17, we're examining the deity of Jesus Christ. Who was that man on the cross? We just discovered he was the one who said, let there be light. He was the one who said, let there be a firmament. Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind. He was the one who made the angels, all levels of angels. John 5, reading from verse 17. But Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him. For he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his father, making himself what? Equal with God. The Jews understood that Jesus was saying that he was equal with the Father. Let's go to John 10, verse 30. Who was that man on the cross? John 10, reading from verse 30. Verse 30 is very familiar. Jesus says, I and my Father are what? One. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. What did Jesus say to them? Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of these works do ye stone me? The Jews answered him, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou being what? A man makest thyself God. They understood Jesus to say that he was equal to his father. Let's try to clinch this. Revelation about that man hanging on the cross. Let's go to Revelation chapter 22. Read verse 1. Revelation 22, reading verse 1. Who was that man on the cross? When you understand who he was, you begin to understand the depth of salvation and how much God loves you and loves me. How much he values us. How much worth he places on us. There is no such thing as a worthless human being in the eyes of God. Because how much you and I are worth to God can be measured only by the highest measuring rod in all of the universe. And that is Jesus Christ himself. Revelation 22 reading verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. Clear as crystal proceeding from where? The throne of God and of the Lamb now. A pure river of water of what? Life. What life? Eternal life. Where is this eternal life flowing from? The throne of? And the throne of? Who alone can give eternal life? God. Whether it's God the Son or God the Father. And the same eternal life that God the Father gives... God the Son gives. We read in 1 John 5, 11, and this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life and this life is in his Son. Only God can give life. The highest angel cannot give life. A created being cannot give life. I am saying, who was that man on the cross? The man on the cross was God. Now you can take time tonight, tomorrow, the rest of your life to contemplate how could God humiliate himself, come so low to die for people who did not even like him. But that's who the man hanging on the cross was. Now he was created, he was God. Let's find out how he created Go with me to Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. How did he create? 
Because how he created is also an, ins an insight, gives us insight into his tremendous power. Genesis 1 verse 3, and you know that verse. And God said, let there be, and there was light. Now look at the verse closely, and God said, right here. The power that brought the worlds into existence is right here. Somebody say amen. For the power of God's word. Now words have power. We all agree. If you want to ruin a woman's mood, tell her her dress is the ugliest thing you've ever seen in 200 years. Now I don't care how Christian and Christ-like she is. You just made yourself an enemy. Even though you may be wrong, the dress may be the nicest ever made, but the words you speak entering into her mind have power to change her mood, change her blood pressure, change her respiration, cause her to sweat, cause her mouth to go dry. Just the words you spoke. Am I right? Yes. Why is it that we tell children, uh, parents and teachers, don't ever tell the child you're stupid? Because that word, constantly told to the child, has the strange power, if some intervening force does not come on the scene, to literally cause that child to be stupid. So motivational speakers are paid thousands of dollars to speak for half an hour just to motivate people. And how do they do it? Just by speaking. Words have power. The words of Jesus Christ. He said, let there be light and there was light. This was how that man hanging on the cross created. All he did was he spoke. And his words had all the life that he himself had. And I'm saying to you, my beloved brothers and sisters, that power is still in his word. I was reading last night. I can bring the quotation for you. God's great instrument for transforming our character is his word. Let me say that again. I'll bring it for you tomorrow. God's great instrument for transforming character is his word. It was this word that Jesus, the man hanging on the cross, thousands of years before he hung on that cross, it was this word he spoke. Let there be light. Let there be a firmament. Let the earth bring forth grass. That's how he created. We have heard tonight from scripture, the man hanging on the cross was the creator. We've heard the man hanging on the cross was God, equal to the Father. We have heard that the man hanging on the cross was creator and he created by his word. Now, let us discover something else about that man hanging on the cross. It's 8.15. Let's go back to Colossians 1. We'll reread verse 16 and 17. Colossians 1, 16 and 17 as we continue, who was that man hanging on the cross? And no one yet has given me the sign 
But I'm very conscious. I thought at one or two places I needed to receive the sign. But I have not gotten it. But I'm trying to be conscious to slow down so that my friends can follow me. Those for whom English is not their first language. Do you have Colossians? Do you have chapter 1, verse 16? For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. Now, focus on verse 17. He is before all things. And by him all things consist. Or as some versions have it, or some margins give the rendering, all things hold together. Who was that man on the cross? Someone built this church. Where the person is, we don't know. The person does not pay for utilities. The person doesn't pay to have the carpet or scrubbed or rubbed, whatever you do, the carpets. The person doesn't pay to mow the lawn. The person who built this church, the architect, is gone somewhere. That's not the way God functions. When God builds something, he maintains it. When God creates something, he sustains it. In other words, God has a responsibility to maintain and preserve that which he brings into existence. This is a vital principle for the Christian to understand as we continue with the subject, who was that man on the cross? Let me repeat it. Whenever God creates something, he is duty bound to take care of it. And so Colossians 1.17 says, And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Let's examine some of those all things. Let's take the sun. How far away is the sun from the earth? They tell me 93 million miles. Now if the sun were any closer, what would happen? We would burn to death. If the sun were any farther away, what would happen? We would freeze to death. Let's take the little sun we call the moon. How far is the moon from the earth? About 225,000 miles, they tell me. If the moon were any closer, what would happen to the earth? What particularly does the gravitational force of the moon control? The tides. If the moon were any closer, what would happen to the tides? They would be high. They would come on in. What would happen to your house on the hill? Underwater. Now, if the moon were any further back, what would happen to the tides? No tides. No movement in the ocean. No efficient transport of uh, oxygen. What happens to the creatures of the sea? They would die. Who keeps the moon in place? NASA? Who keeps the sun at the right distance from the earth? George Bush? 
There is a man who does it, and that man was the same person hanging on that cross. Jesus Christ, who created the heavenly bodies, Genesis 1.14, he keeps the sun at the right distance from the earth, and the moon at the right distance from the earth, and the moon at the right distance from the sun. Because the Bible says, he is before all things, and by him, through him, all things hold together. Let's see how Paul expresses that in another of his books. Hebrews chapter 1, let's go there. Hebrews 1, we shall read from verse 1. As we continue, who was that man on the cross? That man was Jesus, the Son of God, our Savior, and our brother. Hebrews 1, reading from verse 1, the Bible says, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. Now, the same word that created is the same word that sustains. I thank God that Jesus is not like I am. Or respectfully like you are. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Now the word of his power was the word that said, let there be light. The word of his power was the word that said in verse 14, Genesis 1, let there be light in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. The day from the night, that division is carried out by the power of God's word acting upon the heavenly bodies whose rotation produce day and night. Or around whom the rotation of the earth, around them and on its axis, produce day, night, days, years, and months. This impresses upon us the sense of dependence upon God. We rise every morning and we think the sun rises because we rise and it rises to meet us. Mm -mm. The sun rises by the merciful power of God and so do we. Upholding all things by the word of his power. The same word that brought the heavenly bodies into existence keeps them on their paths. Let me tell you something else about that word spoken by that man hanging on that cross. Let's go to Second Peter chapter 2. Chapter 3. Let's read verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 3, reading from verse 5. Verses 3 and 4 tell us, Knowing this first, that they shall come in the last days, scoffers walking after their own lessons, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse 5 says, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of the Lord the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed with water perished. Next verse. But the heavens and the earth which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. 
I got the sign for the first time tonight. I thank God for the sign to slow down. Let me go back over what I just rushed through. Second Peter 3, reading from verse 5. You see, Second Peter, in verse three, chapter 3, Peter is writing about what God will do to false prophets. You find a similar message in Jude, which just has one chapter. Peter is saying, verse 3, Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Now Peter introduces a caution. For this they willingly are ignorant of. They just don't want to know. That by the word of the Lord, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water. Meaning, by God's creative word, heaven and earth were made. Now, he goes on to say, in verse 7, But the heaven and the earth which are now, by the same word, in other words, the same word that created them, is the same word that has them locked in the judgment to come. By the same word, I reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. God's word has power. And the word that created the heaven and the earth is the same word that gives us the assurance that inevitably destruction is coming to this earth and to the heavens associated with it. The word of God keeps the universe operating the word of God is the power that keeps every atom in every cell of your body functioning the way it should. Some grateful person say amen. amen. You medical people know it only takes the absence of one microscopic thing, maybe a enzyme, for the entire body to be messed up. You know that. Does God care about details? Did he give a name to every star as we discovered last night? Yes, this was the person hanging on that cross. You think you can see me because you ingest large quantities of lutein and vitamin whatever? Mm -mm. You can see me because Jesus in his mercy allows his powerful word to keep the apparatus called your eyes working. And you can hear me for the same merciful reason. Upholding all things by the word of his power. Now, 25 after 8. I told you that the God who creates is duty bound, but he is delightfully duty bound to sustain and maintain that which he has created. That's why in him all things consist, Colossians 1.17, and he upholds all things by the word of his power, Hebrews 1 verse 3. Now what does this mean for me? Let's go to Hebrews 11.3. Let's learn something about how God created. We know he did it by his word. Let's get some insight. Hebrews 11 verse 3. We'll be finished in 10 minutes. Remember my promise, if I get up at a quarter to exactly, I finish 8.30 exactly. If I get up at 10 to, I finish, I take my 5 minutes. So I want to be straight with you. I want you to know you can trust my word. 
Hebrews 11 verse 3. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Isn't that powerful? So that things which are seen were not made of things which do what? Do appear. In other words, when God came to create, he did not need raw materials. Whoever built this house of worship needed stones, cement, wood, this, that, the other. And using all the skill he learned in architecture school brought this structure into existence. Quotation marks. When Jesus came to build the temple in the universe, he just spoke. And the materials came into existence properly shaped. Now, that is physical creation. We're talking about who was that man on the cross. How does God save a person? We know how he creates. How does God create? By his word. How does God save Let's go to James chapter 1. We're coming to the end of who was that man on the cross. James chapter 1. Let us read verse 17 and 18. Verses 17 and 18 of James 1. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Verse 18. Of his own will begat he us, how? With the word of truth. Now, of his own will. No one had to argue him into doing this. Of his own will begat he us. What does the word begat mean? We haven't got all night. What does begat mean? To give birth to. And Adam lived 105 years, 130 years, and begat a son. Genesis 5, 3. Of his own will begat he us. God gave birth to us how? With the word of truth. The new birth, conversion, coming to Christ is accomplished by the work of of the word on the person's heart. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. It's 28 after 8. 1 Peter 1 verse 23. Being born again. Not of corruptible seed. But of incorruptible by the what? Word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Here we have some support from Peter for what James said in the previous book. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. What I am saying is God saves us through his word. The same way God created through his word, he saves through his word. Let us see that expressed with a little more clarity. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. Who was that man on the cross? 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6. Do you have it? Read it with me. 
For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness have shined in our hearts. Pause. What is Paul referring to? What day of creation? Day one, when God said, let there be light. Paul says the same God who commanded the light, using his word, brought light into existence. Using his word, he brings a new creation into existence spiritually. And so the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is what? A new creation. Now, the heavens and the earth were created by the word of God. A Christian is created by the word of God. Now, I mentioned a principle of God he does not break. The principle was, anything God creates, he does what? He sustains. Now, let's get some more information of how God saves a man. Let's go to Romans 7, let's read verse 18. Romans 7, verse 18. Do you have that? There was a quiz that someone sent me on my, uh, by email. You take the quiz and the results will tell you which book of the Bible matches your personality. And my personality matched Romans. Then I took it again and I was Leviticus. <laughs> and I was Ephesians. <laughs> I cheated a little. Romans 7 verse 18, it says what? For I know... That in me, that is what? In my flesh dwelleth what? No good thing. Now, Paul is saying there is nothing good in the flesh. Now, when a sinner comes to be saved, how much raw material can you bring to Christ? And say, Lord, why don't you start the process with this little degree of goodness that I naturally have? How much raw material can a sinner bring to Christ? None. So the same way, things which are seen were not made of things which do appear, Hebrews 11.3, in the process of salvation, Christ brings into existence a being who did not previously exist. Every saved person is a work of creation. And so Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Salvation is spiritual creation. The physical creation is a symbol of spiritual creation. Both are accomplished by the word of God. Now, the same way Christ keeps the physical creation going. You know what I'm about to say. He will keep that which he creates spiritually going. If you are a child of God, all you need to do is look to the heavens at night. You recognize that the stars stay on their courses at the power of the word of God. You recognize that the moon that you see keeps the tides from Long Beach from flowing over the land. You recognize that the sun in the middle of the day does not burn up the earth because God sustains it and he preserves it. He keeps it going and you are reassured by looking around physical creation. 
that the same Jesus who saved me will keep me going. That was the man hanging on that cross. He's a God who when he saves you, he becomes responsible for you. Did you hear me? Morally responsible. That's how Jesus Christ interacts with his creation. And we got clues of that last night. The Christian must not worry. The Christian must not despair. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 6, 24, No man can serve two masters. For either he will love the one and hate the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. Now, when we make up our minds whom we will serve, Jesus alone, then Jesus says in verse 25, Therefore, if I am your master, with no competition, therefore, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Then he goes on to talk about the birds, verse 26, behold the fowls of the air, I take care of them, because he made them on day five. Then he talks about the lilies of the field in verse 29, because he made vegetation on day three, as I take care of them. I will take care of you, but you have to be sure in your heart that you're not serving two masters. Amen. Now let me come down. How many masters are you serving? You may say, well, Brother Skeet, I uh, come to church on Sabbath. I'm a faithful Adventist, return my tithe. But which master are you serving and am I serving? Is it really the creator of heaven and earth, Jesus Christ? When God called James and John, the Bible says, they left their nets, their father and the servants immediately and followed Jesus Christ. They dropped everything. In the sense that what they used to do as number one in their lives ceased to be number one. That's what I mean by dropped. It dropped from its position of priority in the list of their life's duties. For Christ to be indeed our master, he must be first in all that we do. In all our plans, our propositions, Jesus must be the reason for doing what we do. And so he says, if I am your master, and you despise the other. Not just avoid, despise. In other words, Christ is calling upon Christians to have a living, lively hatred for Satan. You must despise the other. And Jesus says, well, that's the case. I will take care of you. Don't worry about food. Don't worry about clothes. Don't worry about where I live. Don't worry about how I'll make it. That worry becomes my moral responsibility because the principle by which I function as a creator is that that which I create, I sustain. And salvation is a work of creation. How many of us tonight are children of Jesus Christ? Can I see your hands? God bless you. If you mean it, stand up. Children of Jesus Christ. Well, if we are, Jesus 
is more than willing, able, ready, wanting, and waiting to sustain us because that is what he does with great joy. He sustains what he creates. I say again, the creator of heaven and earth was that man hanging on that cross. The creator of heaven and earth who said, let there be light, and his word brought light, that was the being hanging on the cross. The creator who keeps the heavenly bodies on their course, who preserved the lives of the angels. That was the being hanging on that cross. And he said and says to us, I know how to keep the stars on their courses. I know how to provide for birds. I know how to clothe the grass of the field. I know how to array a lily in splendor. And none of them were made in my image. I know how to take care of you. My beloved brothers and sisters, you and I must believe that without doubt. How many of you will say tonight, Lord, I recommit my life into your hands tonight as my Savior. May I see your hands? God bless you. Leave your hands in the air. Father, I come to you again in the name of Jesus at the conclusion of this message. Register every hand in the book of remembrance. Make Take note, dear God, of each rededicated life. Accept our rededication, I pray. And Father, continue to sustain us, to take care of us, to keep us by the word of your power. Bring us back tomorrow night when we shall hear more of your word. We offer this prayer from our hearts in Jesus' name and for his sake. Let all God's people say amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. You may consider yourselves dismissed after the brother speaks.